Help, I got a Mac, podcast episode number 154. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and in the studio with me today, for the very first time ever, is the brand new GSPN.TV intern, Parker J., also known as my brother, Parker J. That's me. Is that what we're going to call you now, Parker J.? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We're going to have to teach PJ or Parker J., is, am I really going to have to call you Parker J? Yes. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have to teach him how to speak up and into the microphone. But, hey, this is his first episode here. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in just a moment. Hey, Chris Biting's not going to be with us this week. Um, he is working at a place of employment now. He's, he's went out and got a job with somebody. So uh, for a period of time, and hopefully that'll be a long-lasting gig for him, we're going to have to figure out something different with Help I Got a Mac. At least uh, possibly the schedule might have to change for our recording. I don't I don't know exactly what's going to happen there. I'm working with Chris, working out the details. My desire is for Help I Got a Mac to continue with the most awesome Mac co-host in the world. Somebody who can answer questions about the problems you might be having with your Mac and give you some advice. Uh, but today I'm going to do my best to just give you some stories talk a little bit about uh, Parker J's experience with his Mac and uh, share with you my initial reactions to the 11 inch MacBook Air. So PJ, let me ask you this, my friend. Uh, What do you think about having a MacBook Pro? You've got a MacBook Pro sitting there in front of you, right? I do. I I have one of the older ones from about a year ago. All right, and tell me a little bit about this MacBook Pro. Um, was this your first Mac that you have right there? Yeah, it was. Yes. All right, and um, so you had never had a Mac before. Had you ever even used a Mac before you had that computer? Yeah, I knew I was in, I was going to get a Mac when I uh, started using my friends' Macs because they're way easier. All right. For me, at least. So, so you had already used one. Um, was there anything that you had to kind of get used to? Do you remember when you first got it that you were like, uh, why isn't this working? Or how do I do this? Yeah, there's tons of stuff. Now I don't know how to work a PC anymore. But yeah. <laughs> nice. So there was tons of... How, wh- let me ask you, was there a period of frustration? No. No? It was all fun and exploring for me. That's cool. So you kind of saw it as a game to figure things out. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Um, about, about how long before you felt like you really knew what you were doing with a Mac? I mean, I still learn new stuff every day. Sometimes I'll hit random buttons. And I'll be like, I didn't know that did that. But yeah. um, probably it didn't take too long. Cool. Of course, I'm kind of addicted to my computer. So very cool. Well, it's a uh, it's a great thing to have a Mac. I know that. And um, there, I, one thing I will let people out there know: if if you've not owned a Mac before, you just got one, and you're a little frustrated. I think for a lot of people, um, especially very hardcore PC users all your life, and you come into the Mac world, you're definitely going to experience a period of what we will call adjustment, or I call it uh, a, a complete frustration and agony. 
Uh, just if you can avoid throwing the thing against the wall when it doesn't do the things the way that you think they should be done, um, you know, you'll eventually get used to it. And not only that, but you may actually be won over to the idea that uh, it is the superior computing platform uh, that's available to people today. So, PJ, uh, we're going to talk a a little bit about what's going on in the news. And the very first thing is uh, the Verizon iPhone. Before we get to the story of the day, uh, you also have an iPhone. I do have an iPhone. Now, I remember it wasn't... How long have you had your iPhone? Not that long. A couple months. A couple months. Okay. and I I have a reissue of the first one. So I don't have like the new fancy one. So I remember I'm, I'm, now I called you PJ again. See, so I got to right. Parker J. Parker J. Got to switch remember. it back and forth. Work it in. All right, we'll <laughs> we'll do it. All right. So anyway, um, yeah. So you had. Let's go way back because you were probably the first person I know that had a phone that had the ability to do like crazy stuff yeah. way back with the uh, Sidekick. Sidekick. Yeah. And you had Sidekick version one and Sidekick version two. And even one after that, they just kept falling apart on me. So yeah, uh, that's when I decided I was done with Sidekicks. When you were doing Sidekick, you were able to do what? AOL Instant Messaging back then? Yeah. And what are the... I mean, obviously, you had texting with the with little keyboard on it. Um, but what else were you able to do on that? It, it, I guess we would call that a feature phone. I'm trying to think that was the last one I had. Because the last one I had was like the most like fancy one. Because like, each one, they came out with like ridiculous stuff that... like. It seemed obvious like the first phone should have had it, but right, like the new and improved version has this. I, I think the last one could do like internet and you could stream music and stuff like that, but all that stuff is kind of like every phone can do that almost. Well, yeah, I mean, but, at least smartphones. But the the Sidekick, I, I think, really was one of the you know early game changers when it yeah. came to especially the functionality of doing instant messaging, being able to do. AOL, even if you're not using the phone. I mean, the phone is just running in the background at all times and somebody can instant message you. That that was a pretty big deal. They could deal. get a hold of you like five different ways with your one device. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so so you had the sidekick. Uh, and then I think it was about a year and a half, two years ago, you had your first BlackBerry. And I remember when you had your first BlackBerry, I had already had my iPhone. And I, re- I, I remember sitting there telling you, like, man, you need to, you need to, dump that and get an iphone i was resistant for a while i really like my blackberry but good riddance see that's that's where i was going with this and we have not rehearsed this so so that's my question is you you had several different blackberries i had two different ones two different blackberries and you loved your blackberries both of them yeah you i mean he i'm telling you folks he loved his blackberry and now you have an iphone 3gs i think I'm not sure which iPhone you have. Maybe. Uh, but anyway. I'm not either. <laughs> that's fine. But anyway, I think he has the iPhone 3GS. And you absolutely love the iPhone. And you wouldn't go back to a BlackBerry? No, no. Well, not really. All right. So so obviously, you know, w- there's no question here at Help I Got a Mac that, you know, what we think is the best uh, mobile phone out there. And... Uh, that mobile phone device is now available on, or actually going to be available on iPhone and or on Verizon. And here's the uh, story that I just found over at MacRumors.com. They said that they got an email, uh, got their hands on an email that's been sent out to corporate clients. So these are businesses uh, out there that, you know, the uh, Verizon's reaching out to their corporate clients and saying, hey, we've got the iPhone coming and you can pre-order these things 
on, uh, let's see, at 3 a.m. Eastern Time on February 3rd. Now, of course, the pre-order on February 3rd is only eligible for people who are existing Verizon customers. And I'm not sure, I'm not quite clear if that's only existing corporate customers, uh, but um, you, if you're a Verizon customer, you might as well you know, get in on this thing if you can. Uh, let's see here. It says, make sure that you have your My Verizon self-service account set up. Orders can only be placed through your My Verizon account, and you can register for your account at myaccount.verizonwireless.com. And it says here that it said in the email that pre-sale inventory is limited. So once that inventory is depleted, customers will have to wait until the February 10th public launch date. All right. And uh, I'm looking in the chat room right now. Denise says she's setting her alarm. Uh, (laughs) So we know at least one person that's uh, going to be pre-ordering the Verizon iPhone. Um, Also, it says here that Verizon is also going to allow some existing AT&T iPhone customers to trade in their iPhone from AT&T for a credit when buying a new Verizon iPhone 4. Uh, It says in Mac Rumors that they're not sure if they will be offering this to the non-corporate customers. However, for corporate accounts, in the email that was sent out, it says here that if you have an iPhone 2G, 16 gig, They'll give you $60 towards your uh, your purchase with them. iPhone 3G's 16 gig, you'll get $105. iPhone 3GS, 32 gig is 160 iPhone 4 from AT&T, 16 gig would <clears throat> get you a $280 credit. And the iPhone 4, 32 gig from AT&T uh, would get you a $360 credit. So, wow. Uh, again, I'm not sure if that's going to apply to non-corporate accounts, but... Uh, it looks like the um, there's going to be some intense competition between Verizon and AT&T over keeping customers of the iPhone. And my friends, I love seeing this. I have no I have no plans to leave AT&T whatsoever, but I certainly have plans to leverage my okay. my uh, ability to leave should I desire to do so. Yeah, that will be nice. When contacting uh, AT&T to say, hey, you know, my daughter, she needs that unlimited plan. And by golly, I want it. And in fact, there's another story on Mac Rumors. And it says here that the Associated Press is reporting that AT&T may quietly be offering some of its iPhone customers the ability to switch to an unlimited data plan as a mean to keep as a means to keep them from defecting to Verizon which is rolling out an unlimited data plan of its own for a limited time as the carrier launches the iPhone next month. According to the report, AT&T is, this be, is being made only to customers who uh, had had the unlimited plan in the past and they switched it to one of their newer plans. Um, you know, For example, if you, you just upgraded or something like that, um, if you switched over to one of the the cheaper but limited plans uh, for bandwidth, the report is saying that those are the only people who are really getting this you know, unadvertised plan change or rollback to the unlimited. And um, you know, the, just, just the news that this information is going on out there, I would say if you want the unlimited plan, my recommendation, call AT&T Customer Service and do not give up until you get it. Yeah, I could say you probably get it. I'd say you'd probably get it. 
Um, now, of course, it dis- does say in the article that AT&T has declined to comment on the change in policy. But I will tell you, if you you just you just gotta hammer it and and you, you just gotta have that attitude. I'm not I'm not give I'm not hanging up. I mean, if you guys hang up on me, that's fine. But I will call you back and I will get your next representative. <laughs> My feelings exactly. is that you'll get the unlimited plan if you want it. All right, so MacBook Pro supplies are starting to tighten. This again coming from Mac Rumors because it's the one place I went for <laughs> some news this morning. Uh, as soon as I found out uh, that we were not gonna have Chris. Uh, I, I decided, you know, hey, I better look up some stuff here. So Mac Pro supplies are tightening. So check this out. Mac Rumors has heard that uh, from several sources that supplies of the Apple's existing MacBook Pro models, particularly the 15 and 17 inch sizes, are beginning to run low in the Apple stores and at third party retailers, suggesting that the company may be drawing down stock in advance of an update to its product line. Now, folks, this has always been the case that when Apple comes out with a brand new uh, version of its product, they start to actually let the stock run low on on the existing things uh, because they really want to, uh, you know, get a, get as much of that stuff off their shelf without having it sitting around. But then, because uh, they're planning on relaunching something new, so it sounds to me like new 15 and 17 inch MacBook Pros may be just around the corner. This again is a Mac rumor from macrumors.com so don't take our word for it but if you were thinking about getting a brand new macbook pro 15 or 17 inch and you were thinking about getting it within the next 30 days or 60 days and you could wait two three or four months my recommendation would be to possibly wait although if you are a PC user, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go straight to the Apple Apple store and get yourself a Mac. <laughs> All right? So there you go. Are, they, are the old versions cheaper? Do they pretty much stay the same price? Uh, basically, what happens is once they make a new uh, version available, the newer version is usually the same price as the older version. And they, they pretty much take the older version away from your ability to purchase. So they, so it's not really, you can't say, well, you know what? I don't want the new one. I just want to go ahead and get the one that you had last week. And can I get that cheaper? And it's like, you know, if they still have one around, chances are they'd probably, I don't know They're this. They're hiding in the back somewhere. They're hiding them in the back, but you probably have to pay the same price as what they yeah, were. I thought Mac was kind of like that. Yeah, but the the deal here is, though, uh, uh, Parker J <laughs> and everybody else listening, if you are looking for one of the older models, and you do want a lower cost, you can get that anytime you want. And you just go over to apple.com, and uh, once you're browsing the store, if you look down into the left-hand corner of the store, there's usually a button that says something about buying refurbished Macs. And I will tell you, the one that's upstairs, we have a family Mac upstairs. We have the 21-inch iMac. And we bought that. It, it was... Um, it was one of the previous prior versions of the iMac, and uh, we got it at a, I think it was about three or four hundred dollars less than the brand new twenty-one inch iMac, and it is it's totally awesome. It came That's in a different comes in t- it comes in different packaging, but it comes from Apple, and they go through those things uh, with a fine-tuned comb. So, you know, refurbished Macs I think are a really great value. And uh, if that's something you're looking to do is to save a couple hundred bucks, you can certainly do it that way. All right. um, I want to share with you a couple uh, different things from me personally. Uh, First and foremost, I want to tell you 
that I just purchased one of these. And of course, the people on the live show can probably see me holding this up. And for those of you who are listening via audio, I definitely consider you guys totally awesome. And so I'm just going to describe to you what I have in my hand as I open up this 11-inch MacBook Air. This thing is amazing. It's so thin that people on video might not be able to see it, actually, unless you hold it the right way. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> yes, all you folks who are who are actually um, listening to this, do not feel bad because you're not here live and seeing the video because it is it is it is so thin you probably can't see it anyway. Uh, I love that. That was that was great. <laughs> so here's the deal. Um, I absolutely love it. It is it is extremely light. Um, these are all, by the way, my initial reactions. It is extremely light. You can certainly hold it with one hand uh, comfortably enough if you if you need to hold it up for some reason or what whatever. Um, as far as the the lid is concerned, the the lid the lid and the body is very thin, but it's not flimsy at all. I mean, the if you shut the uh, lid about you know two thirds of the way down, it'll still hold itself up. It it it's really well built that way. Nice um, firm construction with the aluminum case i like that uh it's i didn't realize that it still had the lighted apple on the back of it even though the screen is as thin as it is the screen is bright and one of the reasons uh which really turned me on about the macbook air especially the 11 inch i was thinking the 11 inch it's going to be so small you guys will remember i had a 13 inch macbook and the 13 inch the screen, in my opinion, was way too small. It, it was something that I did not like. So, um, obviously, I was I was dealing with it. Uh, you guys know, most of you know that my daughter spilt an entire glass of lemonade inside of my um, inside of my MacBook, and and so it quit working. And um, but yeah, I, I I didn't think that I would ever go back and get a thirteen inch I'm a thirteen inch MacBook. I figured if I was going to get another MacBook, I would definitely go 15-inch because the screen resolution of 1280 by 800 on that Mac on my original MacBook that I had was horrid. It was absolutely a pain in the rear end to do anything on. This screen is smaller, although it is 16 by 9 instead of the the other aspect ratio, which 16 by 9 is a is a preferred ratio. For me, I absolutely, I don't think I ever want to deal with a computer that's not 16 by 9 on the monitor. Um, preferred ratio for most computers now. Yeah. Especially with movies. Yep. And so uh, the thing is, though, is this thing allows me to have a screen resolution. And I think, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go into my system preferences here and look at my displays. I'm running at the, the highest resolution, which is 1366 by 768. And I will tell you, everything's super tiny and small, but it's crisp, it's clear, and this really is, uh, I mean, I'm looking at PJ's, uh, or Parker J's uh, MacBook Pro, you've got, that looks like a 15 or a 17? Oh, it's a 17, I think. Okay, he's got the 17 inch, and I'm telling you right now, there is no doubt in my mind that I'm getting as much screen real estate when you consider the stuff that's on the screen compared to what he has and everything's just a little bit smaller or tinier or more compact but I still see it all it's still clear and my eyes are good enough that I can see it with my glasses on uh, so yeah absolutely love this uh, the resolution 
I went to, I, I didn't think it was going to have enough power. I'm thinking, you know, MacBook Airs. The original MacBook Air, absolutely something I, I, I'm thinking, you know, who's going to really buy that? Um, I went to the uh, local Best Buy here in my area. And when I went to Best Buy, they had the, the MacBook Air sitting out. And I downloaded ScreenFlow, which is probably the most labor-intensive program that I would use. I downloaded the trial version of ScreenFlow. I went in and recorded a little sample screencast, and I went in and uh, uh, exported it out as a you know as a uh, processed video. Uh, because this thing has solid-state drives, um, it, or a solid-state state drive, it comes with I think 64 gigabytes. Um, it, this thing flies. I mean, it is so fast. This matter of fact, this 11 inch MacBook air is more powerful and a ton faster than my 13 inch original MacBook that I had better screen resolution. It does not have as much memory. It's got 64 gig of memory. I think my other one, my original MacBook, I th- well, actually it's not that bad. My original MacBook, I think only had 80 gigs. So yeah, this is a whole lot better. It's thinner. The battery life is out of this world. I'm looking at it right now, and it's been. I've been. I've already used this PJ. What uh, two hours this morning? Mm-hmm. And yeah. right. So I've already used this for two hours, and right now it's telling me that there are still another four and a half hours of battery life left in this MacBook. And uh, I've seen that to be pretty good. Of course, um, you the estimation of the battery life does depend on how much you're using the processing of the computer and so it adjusts for that which i kind of like it kind of gives you a good feel for how long it's going to last did you talk about how much it can hold yet how much what like information like how big the hard drive and stuff is? yeah we it's six, out. yeah it is uh it <laughs> is yeah it's 64 gigabytes which you know isn't a ton but man it's it it's enough to do everything that i would want to do on a portable yeah computer um, and my plans, the reason, by the way, why did I get this? Uh, I, I needed a mobile computer. We're getting ready to, to leave on a business slash vacation trip to, uh, uh, on a cruise where I'm going to be speaking as a guest speaker for Dan Miller on the No More Mondays cruise in two weeks. And so I needed something for, to run my presentation, which by the way, that's another thing. Uh, they had keynote there. I, I would sign in my Dropbox account from the uh, Best Buy store, downloaded my most, uh, tricked out, presentation that had the fire graphics and stuff like that which by the way do not work or did not work on my original macbook it didn't have a graphics card that was big enough to do that and so um it does work on the macbook air 11 inch and i I became convinced at best buy that this was a powerful enough computer for me uh to use in in a mobile situation and get this i brought it home and because of the way that i use my services, online services and everything, I'm telling you, I have this MacBook Air set up and configured exactly the way I wanted it uh, and and basically to where I don't have to be down in the studio. I could literally be sitting upstairs and do almost every single piece of work that I could do down here on my 27-inch iMac. And by that, mean, I mean I can actually do editing of audio I can uh, do screen flow editing, uh, which, by the way, is for my you know webinars and digital products that I create. I can be creating presentations um, uh, with full resolution of what my presentations will actually look like. Uh, because I use Google Apps, I already had you know 
Um, it was easy for me to load those right up. And because I use X marks uh, for bookmark syncing, I just installed Chrome. I installed X marks immediately, and that immediately gave me my toolbar of all of my you know my bookmarks. Then I uh, downloaded LastPass and uh, or installed LastPass into my Chrome browser, which gave me instant access to all of my passwords. So I don't have to sit there and say, "Oh, how do I sign into this account?" It's all there. Even even accounts that I haven't signed into in months, and I I needed to sign in like real quick, and I didn't know what the password was. LastPass got me right in immediately. Um, my Y stamp I use for my email signature with Google. Um, this thing was configured and ready to go in no time. Uh, I also uh, I also downloaded ScreenFlow immediately. Um, I don't I don't have Adobe Audition for the Mac on here yet, uh, and that's because I I don't need it on here yet. But I did install Audacity just for quick editing of voicemail comments that'll come in. Uh, let's see what else did I install? Uh, I think that's oh, and Text Expander is another one. Text Expander. Um, I have the multi-user license now, and I'm able to uh, have all my Text Expander st- snippets. And if you don't know what Text Expander is, what this means is that I'm able to actually type in like t- two or three characters, and it can expand that out to an entire you know four or five paragraph email. Uh, and so as I'm an- answering all my emails, what would happen normally is I would actually sit there and it's like, oh, I need to be downstairs so I can do this. But with Text Expander and the fact that Text Expander syncs with my Dropbox account, it allows me to easily just pick up as if I was sitting at my computer downstairs. The other thing is, though, um, I was checking my email the other night and I had a client of mine who purchased one of my digital products. And he says, can I get an invoice from you? Well, I'm like, yeah, I can do that for you. And so normally I would do that in Numbers, which is the uh, Mac version of the uh, spreadsheet program, kind of like Microsoft Excel. And I have that template set up downstairs. And so I wanted to type it up and send him out an invoice so that, or a paid invoice so that he could see that it was paid and have it for his tax records. Well, I actually used LogMeIn to log into my 27-inch iMac. And I did it, and it actually worked just fine the only thing is, is it probably took me about 10 more minutes to create that invoice than had I actually had numbers on my uh, MacBook Air. So what I did is I actually started reading around with the new Mac app store, and I read in a couple different locations that if you sign into your Mac app account and you actually go in and dial, download a program that you already own, that it won't charge you. And I took this to mean, you know, the whole iWorks situation with, you know, I, the latest version of Numbers and Pages and um, Keynote. I took that to to extend out to that. Now, again, I didn't read this on the Apple site. I read it on some other Mac uh, website. Anyway, I went in and I did not install the apps from the Mac App Store onto the computer that already had these on it. So that could be a potential issue. I'm not sure, but from what I understood, that if possibly, if I would have actually gone into the Mac App Store on my 27-inch iMac, which by the way, I just purchased the latest version of iWork upgraded to it um, uh, as a brand new charge, I upgraded to it with the latest stuff on my 27-inch iMac about three months ago before 
the Mac App Store just before the Mac App Store came out. And my understanding is that if I would have done it on the iMac, perhaps it would have actually seen that I already have those applications in my application folder, and therefore it would have said, you've already got this, there's no charge. I cannot confirm that. But I went ahead and instead I went ahead and downloaded it onto my MacBook Air, and I'm assuming it's because it didn't see that I already have those, and so it charged me the $20 a piece for each of Uh, I installed Numbers and Keynote because those are two things I definitely want on my portable computer and if I'm working on it from upstairs or whatever the case may be. And so I did get charged the $40. I sent in an email to the, the Apple support to see if there's any way that they can confirm or deny whether or not I should have expected to get that for free since I already own it. And uh, I'll hopefully be able to give you an update on that next week when we do another episode of Help I Got a Mac. But anyway, so that the Mac App Store purchase like that did not go as planned. And, um, uh, you know, other than that, I want to say that this MacBook Air, oh, the other thing I installed right away was Dropbox. And, um, of course, you know that Dropbox allows me to have an account where basically, um, you know, anything that I put in one, that you know, my Dropbox folder on one computer, it automatically syncs over to another one. And I have that set up here on, on uh, the MacBook Air. And it is, this is beautiful, my friends. I absolutely love it. I uh, definitely, definitely would highly recommend this for anybody who's looking for a brand new computer. A couple things <clears throat> about this MacBook Air. There is no disk drive uh, at all. So if you're looking to play CD movies when you're portable, or DVD movies when you're portable, you're not going to do that. There is no uh, DVD drive. There's no line in either. There is, yeah, exactly. The other important thing here is if you're going to a hotel and they have uh, free internet access, make sure it's Wi-Fi access because if it's not, there is no Ethernet port. There is no Ethernet port. Um, it does come, of course, with your MagSafe, and uh, it has one. It has two USB ports, one on each side of the device, which I think is plenty and sufficient. Um, the other thing is, is that it has a built-in mic, uh, kind of very hidden on the left-hand side of the unit, uh, but um, it does not have a line-in microphone jack. And so it's only got the headphones. And it's not even like on the MacBook Pro. Uh, now, I'm looking at Parker's. It's hidden somewhere. Yours is right. Well, I'm talking about on, on Parker's. You're, you have oh, two quarter or one-eighth inch jacks. One is for your line-in slash mic-in, and one is for your headphones. On some of the new MacBook Pros, they actually have a single jack, and it actually double dual, it has dual functionality. So it depends on if you're sending audio in or bringing it out. You can kind of choose that. Oh. But this one here is headphones only. So if you need to actually, you know, bring audio into your MacBook Air, you're going to need a like a, you know, a 10 or 20 or 30 dollar USB sound card, which those are pretty cheap and you can throw into your laptop bag. But um, I saw that somebody says, you know, that the Ethernet port is. uh, um, Oh, okay, it says here. Yeah, somebody said that Ethernet port isn't, you know, is, is kind of a necessity. Um, and Walter is uh, correctly suggesting that you can get a US, USB to Ethernet um, port uh, adapter. So that's a that's a good idea there. Uh, and it's also got mini display on on the device. So now I actually have three 
devices. I got the 27-inch iMac, the 21-inch iMac, and also my MacBook Air all are using the mini display. And uh, the cool thing about mini display is they ha- you can get a third-party uh, mini display to, D- uh, what is that? HDMI. So you can actually send out audio and video out one cable to like a uh, HDTV if you want it or whatever the case. But uh, yeah, my, my, my official review of, of the 11-inch MacBook Air is, oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> that, that's my official statement. Oh my gosh, I love it. I never, I never would have dreamed that 11 in, an 11-inch screen would have been enough. But it is, it not, it, not only is it enough, I'm extremely happy with it. And my friends, I want to tell you, I was not happy with my 13-inch MacBook in the least. Oh, one other thing. My 13-inch MacBook, when I would actually go and try to do something on it, like, I don't know, anything, <laughs> you would hear this. Like, man, that kind of made me dizzy. Anyway, uh, but basically the the jet engines, which are Sounds known awful. as... The, the fans to cool the chip inside of the um, my, my MacBook that I had was so loud. <laughs> there, I don't even think there are fans in this thing. Uh, but I will tell you, this thing is, this MacBook Air is silent as can be. It doesn't make a single sound. It actually is a fan. <laughs> it, it actually is a fan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> On a hot summer day, you can just kind of. <laughs> yes, there you go. I love it. <laughs> Uh, so, oh, and by the way, I love that it has the black keys. Can yeah. I just say that? It looks nice. That's for sure. So, and, and, and Parker, did you know you can do things like this? The, the four finger up and down and all that stuff. I don't know. It, put, look, take four fingers. No, on, on yours, four fingers and go like this. Put all, look like this, four finger and then go down. I think I have mine so like they're permanently saved there. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, because I don't like it where I can touch my Mac and it goes crazy on me. Gotcha. So you went and turned all that stuff off. Yeah. I gotcha. Anyway, yeah, I, once upon a time I knew I could do that. Yeah. So th- my friends, there you go. Uh, that's some Mac news for you. And um, let's go ahead and uh, see what we got here. I'll tell you what. Murray's called in a question. Uh, about his Mac, and unfortunately, we don't have Chris here today. So, Murray, I'm very sorry. I'm not going to have an answer for you, so I'm not going to play the question uh, today. Um, let's see here. What is this other one? Um, actually, no, that was... Let's see. The, hold on. Let me see who this is, because I I think I've got this confused. Here we go. Hey, this is Mark from Hot Springs. Okay, so Mark's the one who had an issue with uh, his MacBook Pro, uh, Mark, we'll try to get that on a on a future episode when I can get Chris back onto the onto the show here. Uh, but let's go ahead and take Murray. Murray does actually have a comment or a question. Hi, this is Murray from New Jersey with a message for the Help I Got a Mac podcast. Hi, Cliff and Chris. Uh, I was just calling because you may know this by now, but uh, there was a keynote uh, for iPad uh, update, <clears throat> which uh, now will let you view your slides and your speaker notes on your iPad while you're projecting the slides. I, I, I know that was one of the things you were hoping for, and that was one of the things you couldn't do before. So you might appreciate that. Uh, just thought I'd let you know. And uh, also, I also want to just congratulate Cliff on his new um, MacBook Air. Um, now, I, I love how 
you know, your daughter spilled the lemonade on your old iMac. I kind of figure out how I can get my daughter to spill lemonade on my plasma TV that's hanging on my wall because it's about uh, eight years old and I'm dying to get a new TV, but the only way my wife's going to let me get one is if this one breaks. So uh, any got any ideas how uh, I could accomplish that, uh, I'd appreciate it. Father-daughter time. Yeah. Father-daughter time with a ladder. And lemonade. <laughs> I, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, probably a ladder and having your daughter help you uh, hang a picture or something. Yeah, right above the TV. <laughs> right above the TV. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Murray. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, the um, what was his original comment? I, I forget. Oh, the keynote. You know, I heard when the first time I heard this, I'm like, wait, there was a keynote address about the new iPad. How did I miss that? And I'm like, oh, wait, no, no. There's a keynote update. Um, which, by the way, he's talking about the Keynote application for the iPad. And I, that, I did hear about that. And I, I'm uh, very excited to hear that those of us who have the Keynote application on the iPad will be able to see our presentation and notes, if you have them, on the actual iPad device itself while it's actually putting the presentation on the screen. That is a very, very worthwhile thing for them to allow us to do. The only thing is, though, is, um, you know, now that I have my MacBook Air, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be worrying too much at all about being able to do a presentation off the iPad because, um, you know, you don't get all the same transitions. You don't get the, you know, some of the the effects and and all the other things. They just don't carry over. And, um, you know, there's nothing worse than spending, you know, five, six, seven, eight hours on a totally awesome presentation only to have the iPad dumb it down for you and not look the way that you you masterfully put it together as a piece of artwork. Um, now, I will tell you when you, for, when you don't have a, you know, a, a portable laptop anymore and you are giving a presentation or, and perhaps you forgot to, to work on it ahead of time, it is a great solution for you to create something on the go in your hotel room the night before and to put it together and to use. And in those cases, if I ever forget to take my laptop or I don't have it for whatever reason, uh, I am glad to know that I still have the keynote there and I'm glad to hear that I'll have those presentation slides up and running for me. Very cool. All right, uh, and then I'll tell you what, we got one more uh, uh, review here, one more bit of feedback, and this comes in from John and he's got a, a case review. Hey, Chris, hi, Chris. This is John from Houston calling for the Help I Got a Mac podcast. Hey guys, just calling because I wanted to give you a product review uh, on a, a case for the iPhone. Um, as you know, uh, Mophie's made uh, for a while, I think for every iPhone, uh, a, a you know external charger that you carry around that's basically your case. And uh, one of the two I had this week to try out uh, both um, the Mophie uh, iPhone 4 case and a, another one. And I want, that's the one I wanted to tell you about. Uh, the Mophie iPhone 4 case uh, is actually, it's actually, you know, a wonderful product. Um, it encloses completely your phone. You don't feel like your phone is, is uh, susceptible to any sort of, you know, dirt or anything like that. It, it actually, it seems to me, does a, uh, a great, wonderful job, just basically in the tradition of all the other Mophie cases. Um, the one that I looked at that's a comparison that I actually ended up buying was an Energizer case. Um, that's right, the, the battery company. Energizer has made uh, a product called the Energy to Go. 
and it is essentially the exact same thing as a Mophie, but uh, about two-thirds of the price. Um, I know that the Mophie for the iPhone 4 is um, it's like 80 bucks, and the energy to go uh, for Energizer is about 45 So uh, definitely, a, uh, and I, you might want to look into buying, um, if you think you're going to be on a long trip or if you're going to be a day where you know you're going to have heavy iPhone usage and not be near a computer to plug in, it's always an option to have. Uh, the, I, I really see no negatives except for one small thing. On the Mosi case on the bottom where your your uh the external uh uh mic and uh the uh the speaker is, uh they have a little hole that you're able to hear sound through and it projects. Well they have the same thing on the energy to go case, except for it's it's a little bit more exposed uh than than one would like. But besides that it, it seems to me a great alternate to the Mophie case. Uh, anyway guys, sorry it's a little bit long, I was wondering your uh, minute and a half format, but I did want to put that in and just um let you know my opinion. So once again that's the Energizer Energy to Go pack, um or iPhone case holder. Alright guys, have a great day. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much, John, and very cool. Energizer Energy to Go case. I actually kind of like the idea. I, of course, I haven't seen it, but uh, I don't like those cases that, that cut off too much of the bottom because then it's sometimes hard to get inside of some of your uh, docks and stuff. Of course, I'm sure it's not going to dock, but but uh, there are still some some accessories that even with a case on, you can still kind of get into it. But uh, thank you for that review. Very cool. Hey, folks, do you want to give us a call with your questions and your feedback, your reviews of products or services or news and tips related to the Apple or Mac or iOS or anything else related to this kind of geeky stuff? Give us a call on our voicemail feedback hotline. The phone number is 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. Of course, if you have an iPhone, you probably have that little thing on there called voice memo. Did you know you could hit the record button and speak your feedback or question or comment into your iPhone device? Don't put your mouth right up on the microphone, by the way, because it'll go. But uh, just hold it about a, a, a you know half an arm length the way. It's great. The microphone on your iPhone is out of this world. Awesome. Anyway, so what you want to do is just hit record. When you're done, then there's the ability for you to send that via email. Send it over to feedback at gspn.tv and again that's feedback at gspn.tv let's see here if you haven't done so already we have a totally awesome brand new online community site my friends if you have not been there stop this podcast immediately go to gspncommunity.com we launched it last week and we already have um I, well, I should actually have looked it up before I started that <laughs> sentence, shouldn't I? So I'm actually clicking over here, gspncommunity.com. I'm clicking on members, and in the first week, we've already had 164 people sign up. The conversations happening over there are amazing. And yes, there is a group devoted to Help I Got a Mac. And uh, it's a great place for you to also ask questions and get support from others in the community who have a passion for this as well. And of course, if you haven't heard, we are free each and every week from this point forward. That's right. An episode of Help I Got a Mac every single week for free. 
And that's not only Help I Got a Mac, but all of the shows, every episode of every show of gspn.tv is now free to the world. Tell everybody you know about it and send them over here to gspn.tv or helpigotamac.com. And if you want to help support the amazing content and community that we have here through GSPN, head over to gspn.tv slash plus. And until next time, we encourage you to join the community. Thank you, Parker J. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody. 